Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, just like someone told you the best news ever, someone also prayed for you. Someone has prayed for you. Someone has prayed that you would come to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Someone prayed that you would come to believe that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Somebody prayed for you. I I think one of the most powerful things in my life has been hearing my parents and my grandparents pray for me. And like going and visiting my grandparents and they say, oh, well, before you leave, can we just pray for you? And I'd hear them pour out all their worries and their concerns about me to God in front of me. And they wouldn't have to say it to me. And it set me straight, to be honest with you. And to hear my, my parents pray for me, and I'm just so thankful for the people who have taken the time and the breath and the energy and the care and the thought to pray for me. Today we're going to talk about prayer Because as we enter into this next 90 days of having gospel conversations, of inviting people to church, um, explaining the gospel, prayer is going to have to be a big part of it. It's one of the purposes of the go and tell wall out there. Hopefully you've seen that. I explained that last week. But it's just, yes, it's a fun way for us to kind of track gospel conversations. So the idea is if if ever you tell someone you believe in Jesus, maybe you invite them to church, maybe you explain the gospel, maybe you use one of the strategies I gave you last week to do that, Um, you would take a ping pong ball, you would write their their name on it and drop it in the wall, and it's just going to be fun to see that thing rise, and it's going to inspire each other that we can do this, we can share our faith, and it's also going to be a reminder to pray, to pray, to pray for the lost. How many of you would say, that if you're really honest, um, your prayer life could use a boost. Anybody? Me, uh, my hand, first, first hand up, all right? So much of my life, I've just felt like, like just inadequate in prayer. And there are so many things in the Christian life that have become get-tos. Like they started out as got-tos, they started out as a discipline, but they turned into get-tos. And it's like, oh, how could I do that more? That's great. Or that's, wow, that's, that's amazing. Prayer is still a, di- a discipline for me. And it's still a got to sometimes. In fact, this, this week, I was thinking, how little notice could I give somebody to preach on prayer? Like somebody else, you know? Like, how quickly could we get Buddy Owens back out here to preach on prayer? Or like, man, my friend Zach Sherwood, he's just a prayer warrior. In fact, I'd even written out a text. This is, hey, man, can you preach on prayer this week? And then deleted it because I just felt God saying, you know, I want you to grow in this. And lots of people are struggling with prayer, and I want them to hear from someone who's struggling with prayer. So you can give them some things that, that help them and that, that work. And God says, I want you to do it so you can grow. He wants us to grow in prayer. Paul, Paul urged Timothy. He says, I urge you, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. All people. Shoot, if God can save me, he can save anybody. If somebody can pray for me, I can pray for anybody. 
If someone can forgive me, guys, you can forgive anybody. If someone can forgive me, I can forgive anybody. And I have so many quirks, and I'm just, guys, I'm the weirdest person I know. <laughs> and, and I offend people, and I didn't mean it, and just uh, all these different kinds of things. And I just, I just say that before God. God, if you can love me, I can love anybody. If you can love even someone like me, and then pray for them. You know, if I meet someone, I pray for them. If I think about someone, I pray for them. There, Paul kind of, he goes on and he gives an example of a group of people. So he says, pray for all people. And then he throws in an example of a group of people to pray for that are really difficult to pray for. He says, pray this way. Let's go on. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. And he just sends in this group that, I mean, this applies to us today. In a representative republic in which we live, there's lots of people in authority. And there's lots of people for us to pray for that we'd rather argue about them or complain about them or whatever. God says, pray, pray for them. And then he kind of gets back to what he's talking about. He gives this example and then he goes on and he says, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants who? Who wants who? everyone to be saved and understand the truth. God has built prayer into the fabric of evangelism, and he says he wants everyone to be prayed for and everyone to be saved. So why is it that so many people don't have a great prayer life? Well, I'll give you four reasons why I struggle with it, and maybe you struggle with these too. Four reasons why people don't pray more. Number one, if you're taking notes, a lot of people, they don't know how to pray. Don't know how to pray. And they'll say, like, is it legal to pray for this? Am I praying the right way? Am I too loud? Am I too quiet? Am I doing it right? And we're not sure how to pray. Number two, a lot of us, we get bored or distracted while trying to pray. But anybody, has this been you ever? Like, I'll be praying, and I'll start thinking about things I never would have thought about. I'll start praying. I'll get 30 seconds into prayer and say, Lauren told me her, her, the oil in her car needs to get changed. I would have never thought about that at any other time. <laughs> or I'll start thinking about what's in the fridge and, ooh, we need butter. Like I'll just start thinking about all this different kind of stuff and, and can get distracted and get off in another direction. Number three, a lot of us, we think our requests are too small for God. You know, God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's ever-present. So why would he care about this thing that's going on in my life and we don't take things to God? And number four, we're not sure our prayers matter. We're not sure our prayers matter. We're not sure they make a difference. And we'll even say, well, if God's all-powerful and he knows what he's going to do, why doesn't he just do it? Why does he need me to pray about it? Or we'll say, well, God didn't answer the prayer last time, so why should I pray this time? Which, let me just throw this in here. God answers all prayers. Like, we like to say, well, he answered that one and he didn't answer that. God answers all prayers. I preached a message a couple years ago. It was very dear to my heart called, When God Says No. It's about how God has said no to certain things in my life. Or we pray and he may say yes, he may say no, he may say not yet. He may close the door on something for a season. We see that in Scripture. The Apostle Paul prayed that 
this thing that was nagging him, that was holding him back, that was tormenting him, he called it a thorn in the flesh, would be taken. He prayed three times. God said no three times. Jesus went before the Lord and said, it's your will, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. God said no. Thank God he said no. Like looking back, we can say, well, God did the right thing there. But when we're in the middle of it, it's hard to see that. And it's hard to praise God in the middle of it. But God answers all prayers. So let me start with a basic level of, and definition of what prayer is, and we'll build up from there. Um, let's just kind of bring in a working definition of prayer. What is prayer? I'll just put it as simply as I can. Prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is communicating with God. That's what it is. This thought is so simple, yet it's so hard to believe that we have access to God. The scriptures say we can come boldly into his throne of grace that we might find help in our time of need. And it's hard to imagine that we have access, and yet it's, it's so simple that it's just communicating with God. I want to give you a verse that, that means a lot to me. These are the words of David. It's in Psalm 5, verse 1. And, and what we're going to see is that our prayer life doesn't have to look like everybody else's. Yeah, I, my hope today is to kind of break you out of the prayer box you've maybe trapped yourself in. Like we have this preconceived idea of what prayer ought to look like. And it's this preconceived idea that many of us can't measure up to so we don't do it. And I want to break some of you out of that today so you can pray more creatively. Psalm 5, 1 through 3, David said, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. I love that. Consider my sighing. That's a bit unusual. But he's asking God to even consider the groans and the sighs that are coming from him. His sighing is going to be communicated toward God. Now, if you're married and you've been married for any length of time, you've learned that different sighs mean different things. And God help you, you've learned how to interpret the sighs. And sometimes this sigh means, yeah, let's just stay on the couch for a while and chill. This is great. And sometimes the sighs mean, why are we sitting on the couch for a while? There's so much to do. we got to go get it done. Different sighs mean different things, and you've got to learn what different sighs mean. And David is saying, God, could you just interpret and even hear, just hear my sign and acknowledge what I'm saying? I'm a sire. Sometimes, oh. And someone will be like, what? what? What's going on? What? What was that about? Like, Where do I even begin the Lord knows. <laughs> just, oh, just let it, just let it out. He goes on, he says, listen for my cry for help. My King and my God, for you, for to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the, Lord, in the morning, I lay my request before you. And you wait in expectation. We all connect to God in different ways. And I just want you to give yourself permission to recognize that prayer is not just kneeling down next to your bed with clasped hands before you go to sleep. Prayer is not just praying before a meal. That you, you can break out of the preconceived ideas of what you thought talking to God meant. How do you want to talk to God? How do you want to communicate with God? Do you want to sing to Him? You want to write him an email? You want to send him a text? Recently, I, I started, I, I stink at journaling. I don't know how many journals I've set out to write in and different things. And, but I like writing thank you notes. I like getting thank you notes. But, you know, I could write a thank you note to God. 
And it's just turned into to most days, I'll just sit down and grab a thank you note and I'll think of something new I'm thankful for as I want to become a more thankful person. I'll write thank you to God about that and maybe pray for that person and drop it in a box and it's just a few sentence thing, but it's how I want to communicate to God right now. How do you want to communicate to God? How do you want to talk to God? It doesn't have to be a preconceived idea. It doesn't have to be some other person's way that they forced on you. How do you want to talk to God? Are you hurting? You may just want to go before God and unleash your emotion towards him and cry with him. Just have courage to break out of your preconceived idea that prayer is communicating with God. So I want to show you some different ways that can help you do this. The first thing, if you're taking notes, of how are we going to talk to God? Well, we're going to learn to talk to God, number one, with gut-level honesty. Because the reality is so many people don't. They're not honest with God. They're not themselves with God. You know, I'll be out with a group of guys. We'll go to lunch or dinner and Man, we're just telling jokes and cracking each other up, and we're all talking one way, and then it's like we go to pray, and, oh, creator, sustainer, like trained to think of these words we never would ever say, <laughs> and then we'll finish the prayer, and, hey, dude, pass the pepper. I mean, it's just like two totally different, it's not honest, it's not authentic. And we'll even, you know, try and put on a show for God. We've got this preconceived idea of what we'll pray for. I was at McDonald's recently with some friends. And uh, I was the last one to put my thumbs up, so I had to pray. You ever do that? So I'm praying for the meal. And I finished, and I just pray about our lives and what we were talking about and these different things. And they said, you didn't bless the food. I'm like, huh? <laughs> They're like, you didn't, you didn't bless the food. And I'm like, bless the food? Yeah, they're like to the nourishment of our bodies. And I'm like, it's McDonald's. <laughs> like I might as well pray that the Red Sea parts again. Like, <laughs> just pray for what's going on in your life. Like, you're going to have a conversation at the table about something. Talk to God about it. And sometimes we just, we put on a show for God in our prayer. And God's our Father, our Heavenly Father, like, how do you talk to your parents? I would never go to my parents and say, Oh, dearest mother and father, would you graciously consider watching over your grandson, my firstborn, whom you have loved since birth, on the day that is this, August 19th, 2018, the year of our Lord. My dad would say, just tell me what you want me to do. What are we doing? What? And that's God, I feel like. So just tell me what you want. What are, you, what are we talking about? And God is our Heavenly Father, wants us to talk to Him with authenticity. It doesn't have to be a show. In fact, there's times in Scripture where, my goodness, the person praying is so honest and real, it's almost scary. You read it, it's like, whoo, what's God going to do to that guy? And God ends up loving it. Because he wants us to be real and authentic with him. There's so many examples throughout scripture of people just being honest with God. Because God is secure enough to handle it. One example is Moses in the Old Testament where he's rather upset with God. And you can almost hear the sarcasm in his, in his prayer. Exodus 5.22 it says, Moses returned to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, 
Oh Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? You can hear his honesty, his pain, his confusion, and his doubt. Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak your name, he has brought trouble upon this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. What can you do? You can pray honestly before God. Now, you can do this while being reverent. I mean, we are talking to the king of kings here. But you can balance that reverence and that awe of God with being just gut honest. Real with God. God wants the real you. He likes you. He can take it. And you can say, God, I don't get it. I've been trying to do what I thought you wanted me to do. Is it you? Is it me? God, I don't even know how to pray right now. You just pray with gut level honesty. In fact, if you look at Jesus, I wanted to look and see if Jesus ever criticized prayer. Like if he ever corrected prayer. And uh, these two verses really sum up like whenever he would correct prayer. It's in Matthew 6, he says, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. They were more concerned about what people thought of their prayers than actually communicating with God. And when you pray, do not keep, keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. A longer prayer is not any more righteous or pleasing to God than a short prayer. It's are you honest? Are, are you real? Are you real before God? I heard about a guy recently who was buying paint at a paint store, and uh, he just had all these questions, and he was buying primer, and he says, what kind of primer do I get? And, and he's a real meticulous guy, so he's like, do I with the brush, and what kind of brush do I use, or do I use a roller, and what kind of roller? And the guy at the paint store just said, when it comes to primer, it doesn't have to be pretty, just get some up there. Primer, prayer is the primer of the Christian life. Prayer is the primer. It creates adhesion and cohesion, and it doesn't have to be pretty. Just get some up there. Get it on there. Just pray. And before you go and connect with this lost person or invite them to church or anything, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be, you know, worthy to be written down and, and kept forever. Just get some prayer up there. Get some primer on the wall. You can do this doesn't have to be pretty. Just be gut level honest. Number two, how are we to talk to God? We're going to talk to God about everything that matters to us. Everything that matters to us. What matters to you? Take it to God in prayer. Scripture is very clear. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In everything, talk to God about it. Everything. Whatever is important to you, talk to God about it. If you're a parent, you like it when your kids talk to you about stuff. No matter what age, you like it when they talk to you about what's going on in their life. And they could share with you something that is really maybe insignificant or it's just temporary. And if it were any other kid, you probably wouldn't be interested. But because it's your kid, you're interested. It matters. You care. And God's the same way. He wants to hear from you. It's, it's, if it's important to you, it's important to him. If it matters to you, it matters to him. So pray like it matters. Because it does. I've just got a list of some different prayers that people prayed throughout Scripture. I want to 
want you to hear just the variety, show you the variety of things that people cared about and took to God in prayer. I'll just give you a brief list. Zacharias wanted a son, and so he said, God, please give us a son. Solomon asked God for wisdom. He said, above all else, give me wisdom. Moses and Samson both asked God for water in a time where there was no water. Daniel had a weird dream, and he didn't know what it meant, so he asked God to tell him what the dream meant. Gideon felt called by an angel of the Lord to do something, but he wasn't sure it was from God, so he says, God, if this is you, I need a sign. Give me proof that this is really you. Abraham had a servant who prayed that God would give him favor and help him find a wife for Isaac. He said, grant me success today as I go on my journey. David prayed for forgiveness after sinning with Bathsheba. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. He said, God, make it stop. It didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain again. Paul prayed about something that bothered him, this thorn, something nagging him. And he pleaded with God, please take it away. The disciples, they prayed for boldness, make us bold in the midst of persecution. Jesus prayed that his disciples would be one, that they would be unified. And when you look through scripture, you don't see everyone caring and needing exactly the same thing. They prayed from their life and things that mattered to them. And they took it before God and it mattered to God because it mattered to his children. And so don't, don't go to anyone until you've talked to God. Pray about everything. What matters to you, you can talk to God about it. So what, what's going on in your life? What matters to you? What would make a difference in your life? Are you getting plagued with headaches? Talk to God about it. Your feet hurt at work? Talk to God about it. Are you nervous for your kid? Talk to God about it. Does it look like there's a class this semester that's just going to eat you alive? Talk to God about it. You got a project that you don't even know where to start? Talk to God about it. Do you need a friend? Talk to God about it. What matters to you? What do you need right now? Talk to God about it. If it matters to you, it matters to God. So pray like it matters. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now I have found, maybe you found this too, but for me, I have, there's like a fine line between worry and prayer when I just keep it all in my head. But if I'll pray it out loud, I, I found that I haven't really given it over to God and I didn't sense any relief or any power until I pray it out loud. And so in the car, in the shower, in the office, I'll just give it to God out loud. And, I, and just there's a power that comes in articulating what I'm thinking and what I want to say and what I want to give to God. God, I don't want to carry this, the weight of this anymore. I'm giving it over to you. God, I recognize I really, I can't control that person. I'm powerless over that person. And so there's nothing that me worrying about it's going to do. So God, I'm just going to give this over to you and I'm going to give it away. And when I articulate it, that's where the power comes. Same thing in worship. Guys, there's no power in coming and just watching the band worship. It's when you open your mouth and join in and give God the praise he's due and articulate it with your mouth that it becomes powerful. That's where, that's where the power comes. And for me, and maybe you found this too, if I don't articulate it out loud, I haven't really prayed. I haven't really worshiped. So pray like it matters. Pray, give him everything. Number three, talk to God continually. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The number one most positive change in my prayer life has been to learn to pray continually. I'm not good for sitting for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour in prayer. And I've learned to just have to be aware of the presence of God all the time and train my mind to pray first. That's one of our slogans around here is pray first. We even give out these wristbands that say pray first as a reminder. Before I go into this meeting, I'm going to pray first. Before I walk into the house, I'm going to pray first. Before I click send, I'm going to pray first. Some of you need that one. Before I write this thing on the communication card, I don't know, I think I'll pray first. <laughs> Before I meet this person, I'm going to pray first. Pray first. You're always about to do something, so you can always pray first. I like what uh, this British evangelist years ago said. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. I like that. And he said, he never prays for more than 20 minutes at a time, but he also said he never goes more than 20 minutes without praying. Never prays for more than 20 minutes at a time. Never goes more than 20 minutes without praying. It's, it's just an awareness of having wanting God in all the parts of your life. And praying first It's just a consistent conversation with God. It doesn't have to be just in the morning. It doesn't have to be just before a meal. It's walking with God throughout your day. I saw this and I really liked it. When it comes to prayer, we're going to push through. What does that mean? We're going to pray until something happens. We're going to pray until something happens. Like the widow in Luke 18 who comes back before the unrighteous judge and the judge finally gives her the ruling in her favor. Jesus said, don't you think God will be like that? If you're persistent in prayer, we'll push through. We're going to pray until something happens. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray until the circumstance changes. God, I'm going to pray until that person changes. God, I'm going to pray until I change. And it may not be that the circumstance changes. It may not be that the other person changes, but maybe God doesn't work in you. How much more powerful would that be? That God, you can, you can change me. I'm going to pray until something happens, and that something that happens may very well be that you change me. What is prayer? It's communicating with God. It's talking to him with gut-level honesty. It's talking to him about everything that matters to you, and it's talking to him continually. Number four, it's learning to talk to God and listen for his response. We talk to God and listen for his response. Imagine how flat any relationship would be if there was just one-sided communication. If the only thing I ever said to my wife was, hey, can you do this for me? Hey, I forgot this. Can you bring that up here? Can you help me with this? Can you go pick up this? Oh, that's not a relationship. That's not communication. That's just me constantly bringing my requests. And here's what we want to do. We want to listen for a response. God not only wants to hear from us, but he wants us to hear him. And how's he going to speak? Well, he speaks in all different sorts of ways. And it may not be a loud, booming voice of God. In fact, that's most often he doesn't speak that way. We even see that in the Old Testament. I love this story with Elijah. Where Elijah was waiting for a word from the Lord. The scripture says very clearly that there was a wind that tore through the mountains where he was. And it shatters, shattered the rocks, but his voice was not in the wind. Then there was an earthquake 
And we think, oh, well, that's God. God would be in the earthquake. It says his voice was not in the earthquake. And there was a, a fire, a blazing fire, but God was not in the fire. But God did reveal himself. 1 Kings 19 says that, and after the fire came, a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he put his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And God can speak to you. God can speak to you through his word. God can speak to you in worship. God can speak to you in prayer. You know how I normally find God speaking to me is through his word, coupled with godly people in my life that really know me. And that when those two things line up and confirm each other, it's a word from God. And that's why, guys, that's why I, lo- I cannot live without my small group. I cannot live without those godly guys who really know me and pray for me and they pray for the lost people in my life and they know what's really going on in my life and they pray for me. And I look through the word and we study the word together and I hear what they tell me and when those two things line up, it's a word from God. That's why we're starting, we're starting another semester of small groups uh, right now. We're actually, many of you know, we've been releasing these curriculums throughout the year um, that is me teaching on video, it's testimonies from people in our church. Uh, there's four, four lessons in one of these. And then there's daily verses with reflections. So you could just spend a quick moment um, in the Bible and, and reflect on that. And these have been powerful for many people. We're releasing a new one this semester called A Place to Grow. A Place to Grow. Many of you want to grow in your faith. I think this is a great next step for you. To maybe grab a couple of other people that want to grow in their faith as well. And start a small group with them and go through this with them. And it doesn't have to be a lot of people. You know, three, three really isn't a crowd, but it's a small group. And you could go through this with one, two other people and have a powerful small group. Now, what my group's going to do this semester, because we didn't do Belong, which is another one we released. We didn't do that earlier in the year. So we're going to bundle these together this semester and do Belong and Grow and have an eight-week eight week study for this semester. Now, here's what we're doing this semester as well, is we're going to give this away. This is how much I, I want you to have this and be able to access this, is we're just going to give it to you. So the DVD, the book, if you want to start a small group, if, if your group's doing this and, and you want to take part in it too, we'll just give it to you. We want you to have it. That's how badly I want you to have it. And come and grow with us this semester. And not only, not only talk to God, but learn how to hear from him. One last verse, John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Let's pray together. God, as we end this series today, God, we don't want to leave it behind. We don't want to just move on and move away from this. God, I want to build this stuff into my life. And we look forward to the coming weeks to see what you will do. God, help us break out of our preconceived ideas about prayer. Help us to see prayer as an adventure. We want to talk with you for real. We want to have gut-level honesty. And God, before I go to somebody else and before I complain to somebody else and before I talk about it with everybody else, God, I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk to you with you continually. Help me to push through with persistence, to pray until something happens. And whether that's something that happens is you change them or you change the circumstance, God, I just invite you to change me. And God will listen for your response. 
We don't want to get so inward focused that we just pray about ourselves. We want to apply this to other people. We want to pray for them. A church, I, I put an outline at the, at the bottom of your notes. It's just a five-step outline that you can pray for the lost people in your life. I would encourage you this week to take that person that you're praying for and put their name on each one of those things, to look up their ver- those verses and where it says someone, where it says a child, where it says, just put their name and pray those verses and pray those things over those people. God, we, we want to pray for others. We don't want to live just an inward, selfish life. We want to be selfless. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.